Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, Tyler Bozak leaves practice with an injury that's going to keep him out of the lineup for at least four weeks. We're going to talk about some of the Blues' top prospects and preparation for them to maybe be traded away uh, at this upcoming trade deadline. Plus, at the end, we're going to preview tomorrow night's matchup between the St. Louis Blues and Pittsburgh Penguins. Lots to get into. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and I'm joined, as always, by Thomas Welch. We got a busy episode for you guys today. Tyler Bozak announced out of the lineup for four weeks at least with an injury that he left practice with. We'll be talking about that, his impact on the lineup, all that and more. And then we're going to be getting into some of the prospects in the Blues organization. Really haven't spent a lot of time talking about them this year. So in preparation for some of them to maybe get traded away, if the Blues do swing a big deal for someone like Jacob Chicken, we're going to be talking about them, what they bring to the table, what we could expect for them years down the line. And then at the end, we're going to be talking about the game between the St. Louis Blues and Pittsburgh Penguins tomorrow night but first want to thank anyone and everyone out there for making lockdown blues your first listen making us part of your daily routine because we are free and available on all podcast platforms all right tommy so it was announced that tyler bozak left practice with a lower body injury and then a few hours later it was announced that this injury is pretty severe as it will be keeping him out of the lineup for at least four weeks Concerning stuff, you know, he's had a down year for sure, and then it definitely brings up the question, is this something that he's been dealing with all year, and it just got to the point where, you know, couldn't take it anymore, it was better for him to take a month off and try to recover, or maybe this is something that is just, you know, uh, making things even worse for a struggling Tyler Bozak, and he goes down with this injury brand new in practice. Either way, definitely a big blow to the lineup, even though he wasn't producing offensively as much as he had in years past. Still a reliable two-way guy uh, and a guy that the Blues are definitely going to miss. Tommy, what do you think uh, losing Tyler Bozak means for the St. Louis Blues over the next four weeks? Because we got some big games coming up, you know, home stretch of the season and a guy like Bozak, veteran presence, it's going to hurt for sure. It does hurt. And he's one of those identity guys in the bottom six that uh, when things are going right for that bottom six, he's a, he's a key part of that. And we saw that last season with uh, the second half of his season, I think. I don't remember what the stat was, but he was like sixth on the team in uh, points from the point of the All-Star break uh, to the end of the season, or the point where he came back from injury, something like that. Uh, But he only played 31 games. He had five goals and 12 assists, so 17 points. And this season already, he's played more games than he did last year, 47 games as opposed to the 31. But he only has three goals and eight assists for 11 points. So uh, to your point, in uh, kind of speculating whether or not he was playing through something. Uh, I think uh, that that drop off in those stats and the the way that he finished last season on a hot streak, uh, I don't think you fall off that drastically unless you've got something nagging at you. So hopefully he gets right, hopefully he gets healthy, uh, can get back for the playoffs because this Blues team needs him. I mean, we've already got Oscar Sundquist who's been playing banged up, severely banged up after dealing with scar tissue uh, in his ACL surgery. So uh, having him not 100% and now Tyler Bozak not 100%, the Blues really need to find some uh, stellar performances from guys on the bottom six. And luckily for them, uh, it seems like the recent call-up of Alexei Torpachenko 
has been just that. He's been a spark. Uh, he's a huge body out there. He's like 6'4", six, 6'6", six, six, just an absolute giant. Uh, but he's got speed, too, and he's got a lethal shot as well, and he uses his body uh, well in positioning himself for success against opponents. So uh, maybe he can be that guy. Maybe someone else can step up, but it is a big loss for the Blues in the bottom six. Yeah, almost makes you wonder if the Blues might start looking at a bottom six guy uh, come trade deadline time just to take some of that weight off of the shoulders of a guy like Oscar Sundqvist who we've talked about time and time again uh, is on record saying he literally cannot still cannot extend his leg all the way um, which is a pretty important part of not just playing hockey but just being comfortable and, and just you know doing day-to-day tasks much less playing hockey at an NHL level so he is clearly clearly uh hurting and like i said i wouldn't be surprised to see maybe even like a throw-in if the blues do go after a defenseman or if scandela does get shipped out i wouldn't be surprised to see them go out and try to add someone to that bottom six maybe not like a permanent role but just someone where if oscar sunquist is you know having a typically or an especially rough day with his knee and his his recovery not maybe forcing him to be in the lineup, giving him a day off here and there. Just just something that'll shore up that bottom six because the fourth line has been a turnstile all season, a revolving door of players. And while it's had flashes of being, you know, really strong, the fourth line was one of the things that really won the Blues the Stanley Cup uh, in 2019. You know, they had so much depth. Uh, specifically, that line was just so hard to play against. And right now, th- that line really hasn't had an identity all year. And with a guy like Tyler Bozak going down, and a guy like, like you mentioned, Oscar Sundquist dealing with nagging injuries, it definitely feels like it could be a reasonable thing to expect uh, Doug Armstrong to try to try to swindle uh, a team into throwing in maybe a, a third or fourth liner in trade uh, that could make an impact down the line. Uh, but I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. So I, I think I said a couple episodes ago that I think uh, the interest from the Blues and Claude Giroux is a facade, and they're really trying to get one of their defensemen are you in the camp that you think it's real interest and that the Blues uh, might be trying to shore up that uh, the four deep centers that they normally have? And maybe I don't know who would be the fourth line center or if Claude Giroux would be interested in that. But can you imagine the depth of this team if they are Claude Giroux to it? It's definitely something that that I'm, I've been considering. You know, anytime like a guy like Claude Giroux is on the market, regardless of what your forward core looks like, you're going to want to at least check in to see if the deal is right. You know, Blues are or I guess they were the deepest at center uh, before the Bozak injury. That was probably the, the part of their lineup where they had the most depth, you know, Robert Thomas, Braden Shen, Ryan O'Reilly, Tyler Bozak, Oscar Sundquist, Ivan Barbashev, lots of guys that can play the center position and play it well. Um, but like I said, you know, it, it would be, it would be uh, a, a disservice to your team to not at least check in on a guy like Claude Giroux. And with someone like Tyler Bozak going down to injury, you know, if the deal is right. And also if you're Doug Armstrong and you're concerned about a team like Colorado going out and uh, getting Claude Giroux, then I, I I mean, I don't want to say like, I think the blues are going to be, you know, one of the teams battling for him if it comes down to a sweepstakes. But if, if interest dies out and, and you know, the offer is right, I wouldn't be as shocked as maybe some people would be if Claude Giroux does get traded here. But again, that I think, a lot of things would have to go right for the Blues for that to happen. Um, it would have to be the right deal. You know, they wouldn't be in a in a sweepstakes for him. They wouldn't be overpaying because it would most likely be a rental, a short term sort of thing. Um, but who knows? You know, especially with the ever changing state of the Blues lineup, Bozak going down. 
I wouldn't be opposed, that's for sure, especially if it means keeping him away from Colorado. Um, Tommy, I don't know if you saw, uh, oh, God, I forget his name. Uh, what was uh, the Flames head coach basically went on in his press conference and said, um, I feel bad for whoever has to meet up the with the Colorado Avalanche in round one because that's just eight ways to eight days. And if they go out and get a guy like Claude Giroux, Oh boy. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's an element of it too. I don't know. But that being said, if the Blues are going to get someone like Claude Giroux, Jacob Chikorin, Travis Sandheim, maybe even Ben Sherratt, it's going to take a, a few names going out on their end. And most likely with the state of the Blues right now, it's not going to be roster guys. It's going to be prospects. So we're going to be getting into some of the Blues top prospects, what they've done this year. If they don't get traded, what they could bring to the Blues years down the line and more, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But first, I wanted to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built Bar. Now, I've talked about Built Bar a lot. You know all the classic Built Bar flavors, but they've got a brand new product that are so delicious and like kind of hard to even conceptualize. It is Built Puffs. Built Puffs are a protein-infused marshmallow. Literally, I've, those words don't belong in the same sentence. I, I can't even imagine that, but they taste delicious. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. And all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including the Puffs. They're low calorie, high protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. But if you're going to Built.com, you're scrolling down to that macros chart, you'll be blown away. Most Built Bars contain only 130 calories. 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about double the calories, more than like 10 times the sugar, tons of net carbs. So if you're not checking out Built Bar, you're missing out. So go to Built.com, use that promo code LOCKED15, and you're getting 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So if you're making a trade at the trade deadline, you know, and you're the St. Louis Blues and you're trying to shore up your roster, you're not trying to send, you know, roster guys out. You're, you're trying to keep the roster the same while adding some more talent to it. And the only way that you can do that is by trading away draft picks and prospects. Now, the Blues have a admittedly pretty weak prospect pool, um, but if they do want to make a big splash, they're going to have to dip into that prospect pool to, you know, make the deal work. A um, couple of the names, you know, at the top, Zach Bolduck, uh, Jake Neighbors, Simone Robertson, Scott Perunovich, even though he's injured, uh, Colton Ellis, Joel Hoffer. There's a lot of names. Uh, so if, if you're Doug Armstrong, which prospect are you just hanging up the phone? If any, you know, maybe for, besides like a Chickering trade, if you're, if you're talking to Canadians GM about Ben Sherratt and they say, oh yeah, how about this guy? Who are you hanging up for? It's funny that you mentioned Colton Ellis actually, because he has had a pretty rough season with the Springfield Thunderbirds. So I don't even know if he's in that conversation right now, because he's kind of had one season where he looked like a world beater and another season where he didn't look like it so much. But to answer your question, I think the guy that you hang up on right now is Jake Neighbors just because he's been the closest to the NHL debut uh, that we saw with his tryout with the team this season. Already had some established chemistry uh, and looked like he made great buddies with Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Scott Prunovich, and guys like that. So, And I think when it comes down to it, like you can have a whole influx of uh, prospects come and go and different archetypes and all this stuff, but Jake Neighbors, the way that he plays – 
the game of hockey. Uh, he can score. He can assist. He can be a playmaker. But he's going to bang bodies too. And he's going to go get that puck. His compete level is bar none. And I think that uh, is the epitome of Blues hockey and the type of players that they look for. So in terms of like a system fit, I don't think the Blues have a better prospect that fits their scheme uh, than Jake Neighbors does. So I think we talked about it a little bit yesterday involved with the Ben Sherratt trade because I know Montreal Canadiens fans are swooning over Jake Neighbors and the possibility of getting him, uh, but I don't see any scenario where that is a likelihood or a possibility in Doug Armstrong's mind. So uh, if I'm him, uh, I'm probably hanging up the phone on 95% of any deal that involves um, Jake Neighbors, unless it involves Jacob Chikrin. Then I'll have to think about it for a couple days and probably get back to... Just because, like, dude, Jacob Chikrin, like we talked about yesterday, like, he could really be um, the splint between these two teams where you can have a crossover, not a rebuild, not a retool, but one competitive playoff team to another competitive playoff team. And I, I, I truly feel like Jacob Chikrin could be the missing link in making that full flip. But uh, there's a, there's some other pieces up there too. Like uh, there was an article that came out with The Athletic and um, they basically outlined like the Blues entire prospect pool. And they said there's two names at the top and one of them is Jake Neighbors and the other is Zachary Bolduck who was drafted. In the first round last year, it was like the highest draft pick that the Blues had had since they acquired Vladimir Tarasenko. And so far, so good. It looks like they didn't miss. Uh, he's got 45 games played in the queue this season, 32 goals and 31 assists. So 63 points in 45 games played. Now, obviously, it's the queue. It's not the AHL. Uh, and there's a long way. There's a long road ahead of him from now until his debut in the NHL. But that's a promising start for the young guy. Yeah, those are those are Jordan Cairo numbers, baby. Yeah, they're similar. One thing I do want to bring up uh, in regards to the Jacob Chikorin thing, and it's something that I think kind of went over both of our heads because of the recent division realignment. Um, the Arizona Coyotes are in the Blues division. I don't want to start a whole other Jacob Chikorin conversation because we've talked about this, you know, plenty. But I do just want to put it out there that. If I'm Bill Armstrong, you know, general manager of the Arizona Coyotes, just one or two years removed from being in the St. Louis Blues organization, and I know how good Jacob Chikorin is, I might be a little hesitant to trade him into the division on that good of a team-friendly deal for the next few years. Just just a little, a little nugget to consider because, again, Arizona Coyotes just joined the Central Division. It's something that, like I said, kind of flew over both Tommy and I's head. Um you know, don't need to get into it too much, but something to consider. Right. Not, not but to Bill try to. Armstrong also knows the Blues prospects better than anybody because he drafted them. So, right, we could see maybe we could see a bit of a, a Derek Jeter taking over the Miami Marlins situation, just trying to help out his former team. You yeah. know, sending sending John Carlos Stanton for a bag of peanuts. Double agent, um, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just something to consider. You know, not trying to 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 you know uh, dispel any anyone's hopes. You know, but. It's something to keep in mind with uh, anytime you're trying to make a trade, wheel and deal. It's going to be just a little bit harder if it's in division. Um, and maybe even a little bit harder if it's a guy like Bill Armstrong, who you could argue on one hand knows the Blues better than probably any other GM in the NHL. But the flip side of that is he also knows the Blues better than anyone in the NHL. So like that could be good. That could mean he values certain guys more than other GMs. Or it could be worse it could be a bad thing because he could, you know, value guys less than other GMs. A lot, lot to keep in mind. A lot of moving parts if the Blues were to try to swing a Chikorin deal. But that being said, 
They do play a hockey game tomorrow night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, last time they played them, it was a pretty frustrating game. So we're going to talk a little bit in the third segment, a little bit about that game, what went wrong, and then talking about how the Blues can not let that happen next time they play them. So make sure you stay tuned. All right, Tommy. So big Eastern Conference matchup, or I guess Eastern versus Western Conference matchup, I should say, between the St. Louis Blues and Pittsburgh Penguins. They're second of two meetings this season, unless they meet in the cup final. Um, first time they played, Blues started out really, really strong. You know, stop me if you've heard this one before. The Blues started strong. They took a lead, and they blew that lead. Again, stop me if you've heard this one before. Um, Definitely something that the Blues have struggled with in the past is keeping leads, and the Pittsburgh game was a perfect example of that. They went up 3-1 to one, uh, and then proceeded to give up three goals in the third period to lose 5-3 to three and really didn't ju- just didn't stand a fighting chance the second that the Pittsburgh Penguins kind of turned on the Jets. Um, Blues really just handed the game away to them. I think that was the one where you mentioned before the podcast they challenged a call for goalie interference, lost the challenge, and then gave up a goal on the ensuing power play, which is a two-goal the swing Crosby right there. Goal. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so that's a two-goal swing right there. Gave Took five penalties against the Penguins, which, you know, anytime you take five penalties against a team, you're going to put yourself in a tough position to win. But a team as good as the Pittsburgh Penguins only makes it harder. Um, and I believe they're healthier than they were in that game. So Blues have their work cut out for them for sure. Um, but that being said, you know, the Blues are a team that definitely seems to play up to their competition. I'm expecting a pretty, pretty close contested battle. What do you think it'll take for the Blues to not repeat the mistakes of the last time they matched up against the Penguins and come away with a victory tomorrow night? Like you were talking about, the Penguins are much more healthier now than they were the first time that the Blues met with them this season. And particular, Sidney Crosby is further removed from his injury. So, uh, that's a little bit concerning. But thankfully, the St. Louis, yeah, thank, thankfully the St. Louis Blues have Ryan O'Reilly, so I'm assuming uh, he's just going to be shadowing him all night long. So if uh, Ryan O'Reilly can win that defensive battle and shutting down Sidney Crosby, the Blues are going to have a good night. That being said, uh, there are a lot of other weapons on this Penguins team, including Evan Rodriguez, who's just had uh, been on a torrent pace this season. He's kind of cooled off a little bit since the All-Star break. Uh, but Brian Russ, too, has just been an absolute man on fire from them. And, oh, yeah, they also had Evgeny Malkin. So uh, they've got weapons all up and down the lineup. And so for the Blues, it's going to be a true test of their depth, and not only their depth, but uh, their defense and their forwards' defense. Because if they're not going to win, if they're not, if they're unable to win those battles against Russ, those one-on-one battles against Russ, against Malkin, against Rodriguez, against Gensel, like, it's going to be a long night. And even if, Ryan O'Reilly, like he goes out and holds down the fort against Crosby, they can still beat you plenty of other ways, including their goaltending too. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good test for the Blues to kind of see where they're at. And honestly, it couldn't come at a better time because uh, Doug Armstrong could be using this to see uh, like what future aspirations this team has and whether or not uh, he needs to add a small piece at the deadline or add a massive piece at the deadline. So. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. I mean, trades are starting to fly in just a few moments ago. Kale Yarncroke was traded to the Calgary Flames. So these contenders, they're starting to add. You know, we were talking about how the, uh, the uh, not to, to, to uh, take off attention from the game, but I think it is important to mention that dominoes are starting to fall. You know, at first it was just the Colorado Avalanche, and now we're seeing more and more teams go out and make moves. I think we saw the Rangers trade for... 
or trade a yeah trade for Frank Petrano. I couldn't remember uh, earlier today. And the Florida making a uh, making more cap room. The ball is starting to get rolling, and and I mean my prediction was that Doug Armstrong was kind of kind of gonna sit back and wait a little bit before you know uh, assessing the market and making his move. So. We could see a Blues trade sooner rather than later, especially with a guy like Ben Sherratt being kept out of the lineup for precautionary reasons. Uh, but that being said, if a trade does happen, I don't think it will will take into effect um, to, before tomorrow night's game. So out of the current players on the roster, Tommy, who is your pick for lockdown player of the game? Before I give my thoughts about the game tomorrow night, I want to hear your thoughts. Who you think is going to be the, the X factor for the Blues tomorrow night? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um I'm going to go with uh, someone on the defensive side of the puck. I feel like that's going to be the key uh, to their victory. I feel like Blues offense has been pretty good. We thought they were going silent for there for a second, but they're not. So I feel like going up against a guy like Sidney Crosby, you're always going to bring your your best game, right? Sorry, uh, Ben Sherratt was just traded to the Florida Panthers. So St. Louis Blues Nation can take a huge sigh of relief. Or you, you can exude all of your anger into this podcast, too, if that's who you were wanting. Wow, okay. Sorry to... You literally just mentioned Florida Panthers uh, making cap space, and now we know why. There you go. Love these live reactions. These trade deadline shows are, are real fun. This is huge, though, actually, because, like, obviously that was one of the big names on the board for the Blues, right? Yeah, it might be the domino that gets Doug to say, okay, I got to make a move now because... They're starting to go off the board. So locked on player of the game. I'm going to go with Nico Mikula. I feel like he's, uh, not that he's been streaky this season. I mean, he's a young guy. He doesn't have a whole bunch of NHL experience, but there's been games when he's looked like an absolute world beater. And there's games where he's looked more comfortable than others, particularly on that third pairing. And there's been some games where he just, uh, just flat out hasn't looked good. And so I feel like if he goes out, uh, and holds down the fort, like we're asking Ryan O'Reilly to, and I mean, pretty much the rest of the team to as well. But I feel like that left side defense is a massive hole that the Blues are trying to fill right now. And so he can, if he can go out and, and show that, hey, I'm here to play and I can do it too, uh, that'll make a lot of people feel a little bit better about their game and make Doug Armstrong feel a lot better about it as well. So I'm going to take Nico Mikola as my locked on player of the game. I like that. I like that. I'm still, I'm still kind of bouncing back and forth between a few guys. Um, you mentioned, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, most likely, you know, shadowing Sidney Crosby, and and the thing that comes with that is it really just falls on. It's not going to be the same sort of shadowing, but it's it's going to fall on who can then stop the second and third and fourth waves of Evgeny Malkin, uh, Rust, Rodriguez, just the just the infinite depth of talent that the Pittsburgh Penguins have and I think the guy that that really jumps out at me a guy that's been playing really really good hockey lately is David Perron I think Perron has a bit of an underrated ability to play good defense for the St. Louis Blues um be a little bit of a pest in that sense and if Ryan O'Reilly spending all night you know taking care of Ryan uh of Sidney Crosby it's gonna be up to some of the other guys to propel the offense and David Perron is a guy who's been playing out of his mind lately, man on fire. You can throw in all the all the euphemisms you want. Uh, but he's a guy that's been, you know, the Blues' best forward post-All-Star break. And in order to beat a team as, you know, deep and scary as the Pittsburgh Penguins, you're going to need your veteran guys to produce. And for that reason, I think David Perron is my pick for locked-on player of the game. That's a great pick. He's been, he's absolutely been on a tear, right? And I think he's playing for something, right? He's playing for this cup. He's playing for that next contract. He's playing for a lot of things. So uh, 
to have him as your locked on player of the game, there's a lot at stake there. So I, I, I like the pick a lot, Josh. Anytime you play a team that's out of your conference, it's it's a lot more just based on playing your game, playing blues hockey. I know that's such a cliche, but it's true. You know, you're not you're not matching up against these guys four or five times in a season. You're not, you know, studying film about the last time you played them. It's really just which style is going to going to come out on top, you know, and if the blues can impose their will and make the penguins play blues hockey, they're they have a good chance of coming away with a victory. But it's going to be tough, you know, with that incredible depth that the Penguins have. They've got a tall task ahead of them. That being said, Tommy, I don't know if you have anything else to add, but we are getting close to the end of today's episode. Now, I can't wait to, to wrap this one up and then immediately get more trade notifications. So, going to be a busy week for sure, without a doubt. Uh, trades literally coming in as we're recording. We got two of them in today's episode, and it's only Wednesday. So, going to be fun. And if you want to stay tuned to hear all of our thoughts and reactions, if we get another live trade reaction like that Ben Sherratt one, uh, only place I'm excited to... to see what the return will be. I bet oh, I guarantee, yeah. I guarantee, what well, guarantee? But I personally guarantee that a first round pick will be involved because if not, the Blues would have been in play, or at least like I think that's how Florida put themselves above the rest. They were willing to offer the first, and nobody else was. I I think you might be right, but again, we're just gonna have to wait and see. I'm sure the second we click stop recording, the the return will come out because because that's how it goes. Uh, that being said, though, if you guys want to hear other exciting moments like live reactions to Ben Sherratt not getting traded to the St. Louis Blues, uh, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That way, you never miss a new upload. Plus, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, yesterday's episode is getting uh, a heck of a lot of uh, traction and attention, so we really appreciate that. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing it, kind of experimenting with some uh, some more stuff for you guys that are watching us visually. So we appreciate all the feedback on that. Uh, so yeah, subscribe to us on our YouTube at Locked On Blues. Hit that notification bell whenever we upload a new episode. You'll be the first to know. Subscribe to us on all of our socials: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL, and follow Tommy at T Welcher15. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.